For the best results, listen at maximum volume. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry, and in this 27th episode, we're back with Matt's Monthly. Through this podcast, I'm going to talk about some current projects that are going on at Eights, daydreaming in the creative industries, managing your time, and some recent concerts I've been to. We also take a look at the book Dilla Time by Dan Charnas and the album of the month, D'Angelo's Black Messiah. Stick around. Ahoy, everyone. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. For those who are new to the podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everybody that works in it, lives it, loves it, surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I'm doing something different. We're doing the Matt's Monthlies, which is the solo podcast where, uh, you know, I get to talk about things that are on my mind. Um, a lot of people that come up to me at gigs and venues that have been listening to the podcast, by the way, thank you very much, um, come up to me and ask me a bunch of these these questions that I answer sort of during this podcast. Um, it's a good time to, you know, also give you recommendations, uh, like book recommendations or our, you know, album of the month here at Eights or, you know, just to talk about what's going on in the music industry, more of like as news or for this episode, it's more concerts that uh, I've been to lately. And that's basically like the overall thought um, for Matt's Monthlies. I hope you enjoy it. Again, it's the sort of experiment that we're still trying out. Uh, please, please let us know if this is the format or a format that you'd like. And uh, let's get right into it. Now, before we get into the bulk of the episode, I want to spend a little bit of time on talking about what's been happening and what's going to be happening uh, for eights in the next uh, in the next month or so. Um, so now, over the past couple of weeks, we've been sort of out of Toronto so much, uh, going to Ottawa, going to Yukon. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk about is the Ottawa trip that we just took last weekend. Uh, we've been uh, working with this artist, Akeem O, for, for a while, one of my best friends, longtime best friends. Um, and um, we produced a, a show together, Eights and Oh My Records, which is his uh, production company, uh, called Wax A. It was on July 1st. Uh, in Ottawa, not affiliated with Canada Day, but we still called it Wax A, and it was basically this evening of celebration um, of, you know, music um, and, you know, just overall, just a good time in, in, in the in the capital. Uh, we had uh, Wax A, we had an artist called Jules, we had an artist called Kimia, we had a, a drag queen called Caligula as well. We had many sponsors. It was a great time. Um, and uh, Akimo as well, the artist. Uh, also played. It was great. Um, we had a rehearsal the night before with Kimia, um, great rapper, um, a French rapper from from Ottawa, originally from the Congo. It was great. Uh, very um, African uh, beats uh, and percussion that I had to play as well. And it, it was it was great. It was challenging and it was a fun time. Really enjoyed my experience there. With Akimo's show, there was a lot of surprises. There's a lot of crowd interactions. There was also a moment where, uh, you know, some of the crowd members, I think about six or seven or eight of them, um, also busted out in in dance as well with Akeem. Akeem went down down uh, in the audience and uh, danced with some of the audience members, but of course it was all choreographed, um, and it was it was such a great time, such a great concert, a lot of energy, and the evening went uh, great as well. Uh, Akeem and I have a DJ duo uh, called Wax Vinyl and Drums, where he is uh, DJing and I'm playing drums on top of that, 
and uh, every every time we 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 do an event, it's it's great. And uh, this one wasn't uh, wasn't any different. Um, so I just want to highlight that uh, that just happened last weekend. Um, of course, I'm recording this way ahead of time um, because of tours and stuff. But I just want to highlight that uh, highlight of of July so far. I also have here a note that says uh, Yukon. So a couple weekends ago, uh, late uh, June. Uh, Nate and I, Nate Day and I, business partner here at Eights, been has been on the podcast many times. We both went to the Yukon supporting um, uh, a group called Beau Nectar. Now, if you haven't uh, checked out, uh, you know, a podcast episode from uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I highly encourage it. Uh, it was a podcast episode with uh, the two women in Beau Nectar, that is uh, Marie-Claude and Amy, two artists uh, that came together um, to basically create and operate and be this new group called Bonectal, which is a more of like an electronic pop uh, sort of duo situation. Anyway, Nate and I went uh, to the Yukon, uh, which is which was part of this tour with them, and it was great. First time in the Yukon, such a wild experience for us. Uh, I think that the thing that comes to mind when I now I'm going to think about the Yukon is uh, of the lack of darkness uh, in the evening. Uh, you know, we're, we're loading out at 11 p.m. and it's still light outside. And, you know, you go to bed, you know, after maybe whatever, after show, you go hang out with your friends, whatever, have a couple of drinks, whatever. You go to bed at what, two o'clock, whatever it is, but there, there's still light outside. Um, you know, you wake up uh, the next morning and it, it, it sort of feels like it's 4 p.m. in the afternoon in regards to the light, in regards to the sun. Um, but then when you go to bed, it looks like 10 a.m. Um, so there's like the, there's the biological clock there is sort of wild in the Yukon, but it was great shows and we really enjoyed um, you know some of the interactions that we've had with these with with the people over there. We also went to the casino in Whitehorse. Oh no, not in Whitehorse in Dawson City. Such an experience there, um, and everybody was very pleasant. Um, you know the 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 show the the promoters were great and we had a great time. Um, you know it was you know, six flights there and back to go to the Yukon, but worth it um, for, for, for the, this very unique experience that we, that we lived just a couple weeks ago. Now, upcoming with that same group, Bonectal, we have uh, leaving in a couple days here, um, is Sask- uh, Saskatchewan and uh, BC. So we're doing uh, a couple shows uh, at a festival called Salt Shaker. We're also playing, um, I believe, in Regina as well. Um, and uh, we also play in Victoria uh, the week after that. So we're really excited for that. Please, uh, I, I, I know I'm recording um, ahead here, but uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, and we're doing, we're doing tour managing. Doing, we're playing on stage, and, uh, you know, that in itself has so many challenges and, uh, and, and a lot of work uh, pre, pre-tour, pre-show. Um, so we're, we're experiencing that now. It's a lot of fun. Also, something that just passed, which is funny to talk about like this, uh, but but is uh, is a pleasure craft performance at River and Sky. I hope it went well. It's it's happening at one of my favorite festivals in the country, River and Sky in Northern Ontario. If you don't know what that what what the festival is, it's a camping festival um, that you're there for for the entire weekend. You bring your tent. Uh, you know, um, you have you have you bring your food. You bring your alcohol. You bring your drinks of choice. You bring whatever you'd like. And you're out there for the weekend. There's beaches, uh, concerts going on all day, all night. Um, really great time. If you don't know what it is, uh, River and Sky Festival, please go check it out. Um, you know, 
There you go. I'll even put it in the link below. Check out River and Sky. They're a little promotion there for uh, for a hometown festival that that it, that is near and dear to my heart and and the people in uh, in Sudbury, Surgeon Falls, and North Bay. Um, so just to start shout out there to Pleasurecraft, who I'm playing with at the at, in the middle of the month, but again will be out before this podcast airs. And I hope it was a great time, such a great time with that group um, beforehand uh, at previous uh, gigs, and I'm really just really looking forward to that and um you know <laughs> i hope i hope it went well <laughs> it's warm in the city in toronto uh, of toronto today I'm, I'm dying over here anyway uh in the podcast introduction um i talked about i'm going to be speaking about dreaming i uh, dreaming uh in the creative industries now i don't necessarily mean about like going to bed at night or whatever um uh, dreaming like that but it's basically just about daydreaming about your role, your position in the in, in the industry. Why I bring it up now is that last night, um, Nate and I had a conversation with a dear friend of ours. Um, won't won't say their name or anything, um, but they were they're going through somewhat of a career change, and it just sparked this this very big discussion on um, you know what 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 we want to do here at Eights, what they want to do in their career, um, and you know. I thought I'd be talking about that on this this Matt's Monthly here. Um, now, daydreaming is a huge part of what I do and what I grew up doing as a child. I don't know. I don't know if it's natural to, to, to you that's listening, but especially in the creative industries, whether you're musician, actor, painter, dancer, whatever you want to be, um, you dream a lot of, 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 what, of what you'd like to become. And something I did all the time. You know, when I grew up, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be Ringo Starr. I wanted to be Tom York from Radiohead. I wanted to be, well, heck, I wanted to be Phil Selway from, from Radiohead, which is, <laughs> which is maybe not often said. Um, a little joke at you for, for Phil. I know you're watching, Phil. Um, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to just be able to have a career in the music industry, which you know, not the, uh, and this segment is not necessarily about me telling you what, <laughs> who I am now. And, and I, you know, I don't think I've necessarily achieved that dream yet, but I know that, you know, some part of that dream, maybe what it, whatever it is, 30% of that dream that I had as a kid, um, you know, is, is, is somewhat fulfilled now, uh, which is, which is exciting. You know, my parents always like sort of taught me to dream and they also dreamt with me. I still have, you know, my mom texting me almost every day, not almost every day about, but, but still quite frequently about, um, one day meeting John Mayer, um, (laughs) which was always a joke that was said around the house when I was a kid, but we dreamt about that one day sort of being a thing and just shout out to my partner Marina here, um, because that dream might be closer than, than what we think. Um, Marina's going on tour with J.P. Sachs, um, Canadian artist now based in L.A., um, that has a close relationship with John, Mr. Mayor. Um, so, you know, maybe that dream is um, somewhat in, 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 in the, more in the playing cards than ever before. So, anyway, shout out to um, Marina, of course. So proud of you. So, uh, so happy that you're doing this. Uh, taking the leap as well, uh, coming back into the music industry after a couple of years of sort of sort of taking a break a little bit. Um, so, so happy for you here. Um, and, um, you know, it just comes back to the whole dreaming thing. And, um, 
how, you know, in a year or so you could, or not right now you could dream about something that could maybe happen in 20 years, but actually in reality, it could happen in a couple of years. You know, this topic is sort of um, very general, um, but it's important to dream. Uh, it's important to be driven by your dreams and your goals. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it could be, it could be simple. It could be complex. It could be, you know, out of this world. It could be so, um, uh, you know, extensive, dramatic, but it's, it's important to have this sort of lighthouse. It's important to have, um, this sort of, uh, thing that whatever it is, whether it's, it's, you know, accepting a, a Grammy or accepting an Oscar, uh, Oscar, uh, accepting an Oscar or, you know, playing in, um, your community, uh, at your, in your community theater organization, uh, where you're from, or, you know, even going to do karaoke. Um, I'm not necessarily talking about all like massive, um, dreams that are deemed by society as successful, like, like accepting an Oscar or accepting a Grammy or whatever. Um, but I, I, I really believe that dreams are important to sort of just get your mind going, get your mind going on the possibilities of what you can achieve. Um, you know, it's often said that we don't necessarily have enough time in the world. Um, but when you really think about it and when you start dreaming and when you start sort of elaborating the plans to achieve those dreams, it can also sort of be daunting to see how much time you actually have. And again, I don't, I don't think I, I, I've achieved those dreams. I think I've achieved some part of it, but you know, it's, it's, it's all because of this planning that I've been doing. Um, now I have a couple resources to talk about in regards to dreams and in regards to building your own path and designing your own career. Um, I have to shout out, uh, Elaine Wentworth, um, this, you know, amazing individual, now, now larger than than her singular, um, you know, endeavors at uh, in in editing and in 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 the magazine and editorial world. But Elaine Wentworth has a um, master class um, on designing your career and designing your own path. Um, for those who don't know what master class is, master class is an online resource, um, and they produce basically multi hour long. Um, master classes um, that are divided into segments, like maybe 10 minute segments with some of your favorite individual personalities uh, in, in, in any medium, whether it be um, the f- cooking sort of industry, the acting industry, the visual design industry, the songwriting industry, the writing industry, the acting uh, and cinema industry. There's so many things on Masterclass and um, and I really encourage you to to sign up um, for for masterclass. All of these resources are a super well produced, super well thought out. Um, it's visually very appealing. Um, I often just put that on instead of going to watch a Netflix episode or a, not a Netflix episode, a, a episode of uh, you know whatever Friends on Netflix or whatever um, or The Office. Shout out The Office. But anyway, the Elaine Wentworth Masterclass on designing your own career and just thinking about daydreaming about uh, what you could do and, you know, tying the knots or, or drawing links between all these different things that you'd like to do uh, is, is very crucial to just even just building out 
building it out in your head. She encourages you to um, write it out in a journal, build this sort of like uh, this dream journal, this dream blueprint, this career blueprint out. And uh, anyway, I, I can't say really enough about it. Check out Elaine Wentworth's masterclass on masterclass. Another just overall tip um, that I have here is to read about and watch your favorite musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers. Watch what what they put out. You know, dream about what you could be doing if you were in their shoes. Research on you know, okay, they put out this great film, but what what, what were they doing before um, they put out this great film? What was their first job? What was their first job in the industry? And why can't I do that? It's, 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 it's all about necessarily not comparing yourself to what that individual or, or that artist is currently in 2023, but to take a step back 40 years ago, what they did when they started. And, not ne- and, and, and again, I'm not necessarily talking to teenagers here or not only teenagers, I can be talking to teenagers here and I, I would highly encourage this, but this, th- these tips here, this, this tip, these tips about dreaming about your future is, can also be for adults. In 2023, it's so, it, the, the norm is to have multiple careers. It's, it's to change careers. And, and why not necessarily stop you from uh, going, going to get that dream and it doesn't necessarily need to be in the arts industry. It could be, oh, go and start that garage that you always wanted to to, to start because you and your dad sort of talked about it before. Uh, go, you know, go start that bakery that you all, you've always wanted to, 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 to do. Go and, and, and start that B2B uh, service business or products business that you've always wanted to do. Um, it's not necessarily just about the, 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 the arts industry or the music industry right now. I'm just talking about generally dreaming about um, the possibilities of, um, of, of your future and in an inspiring yourself through that research. For me, it was, um, and it, it was and it still has been um, Amir Questlove Thompson. He's my um, lighthouse in all, in, in, in all this. Of course, I have all my direct inspirations and direct people that have affected me in, in my life. I can't say that I've met Questlove or that he's had a direct, direct, direct influence on me. Um, but his career path has definitely affected me and his output, his creative output has definitely affected me. Um, you know, I wanted to start this podcast because Questlove have has still has his Questlove Supreme podcast. Uh, I was also very inspired by his his interactions and his um, his questions on the food industry. Um, something to food about his book. Um, please check that out. The the, the potluck the, the mixtape potluck is another book uh, where where Questlove uh, invites invites individuals, mostly artists, um, to his. To, to his house for a potluck and he basically documents what what all these people have brought to the potluck and why they've brought in it the culture the the significance of 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 this dish that they bring anyway he's really involved in in, in the food world as well um which i've just been very inspired by his multifaceted um approach to his career i think it's important 2023 to to seek out multiple avenues um because you know sometimes one might not work out or sometimes, you know, mul- having mul- multiple uh, revenue streams is, is very important. 
Um, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people listening to the podcast can sort of relate to what I'm saying currently. Um, but it's very important. Questlove has just been uh, a very, very big inspiration for me, um, you know, because he's been a professor. He's been a producer. He's been a band leader. He's been assessing musicians on some of my favorite albums, even the one that we're going to be talking about later, D'Angelo's Black Messiah album. He's also, you know, on television. He's on Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show. Um, he's very active in the film world as well. Now, now directing one of uh, an Oscar-winning documentary. Um, you know, it, there's there's so many things that I I look at his life and uh, look at his career rather, and uh, am, and uh, and I'm inspired by by what he's done. And I place myself in um, in in his shoes, and I dream about someday being just even a fraction of what he's done. Now, with dreaming in the creative industries comes managing your time in the creative industries. While you're dreaming, while you're building your career plan, your these paths that you want to take, um, time sort of becomes an issue. And we all know the the, the 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 big quote or the big sentence or the big I don't know I don't even know how to say this but the big thing that a lot of people say oftentimes is that time is money but money is also time um, in the sense that you know you need to spend a lot of time especially in the creative industries on on some of the things that you want to accomplish um, and in twenty twenty three. It's a reality of that, you know, artists and people, everybody, everybody needs to pay their rent. Now, now I'm, I'm just saying to manage your time accordingly to the revenue that you need to have as well as an individual that needs to pay their rent, pay their groceries, um, you know, pay uh, for their kids tuition at school or, you know, if you have the luxury to do that, you know, uh, or, you know, pay your TTC fare, your bus fare to go to work or pay your car insurance at the end of the month or the beginning of the month or whatever. What I'm saying is that managing time is also, you know, it's not necessarily about managing your projects, but it's also about managing your work-life balance. Um, for me, with dreaming becomes getting more busy. It means editing your podcast at like three in the morning um, it means being on the road away from family members. It means the the the, the, the need to um, to buy things like you know Google Calendar or Slack or all these things to just keep your time and your your time and, and your 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 schedule in order. It means it also means a lot of sacrifices as well. So I don't say this lightly, but managing your time at the same time as dreaming is super important. Um, and still, honestly, still something that I currently struggle with. Um, I struggle with respecting boundaries and in time um, that affects also just my personal life as well. I'll be super candid here. Um, but, you know, all these things that we're currently doing with eights, uh, this podcast, the touring and all these things, you know, I need to sacrifice other things to be able to do these things. And, you know, the boundaries that I lack can also have an effect on the people around me. And, um, you know, it's it's these tough, tough conversations that we have to have sometimes with loved ones that, you know, I need to do this to, 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 to do this or 
Um, sometimes they don't necessarily understand, but you know, there's 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 a difference between making them understand uh, one thing and also having boundaries and 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 and, and realizing that it's it's also very it's it's a need to also spend time and you know um to 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 care for the people around you and to care for you know your house even the things that you own i'm not necessarily only talking about time here but also respecting boundaries and respecting the things that you currently have and to not sacrifice the things that you currently have for the things that you're dreaming about or that you're planning anyway getting like pretty um deep here and it's important to sometimes. Um, basically, what I'm saying here is that it's it's very important to dream um, and plan ahead of time and, and build this career blueprint that I'm talking about and be inspired by the people around you and people way ahead of you. But um, it's also very important to think about what you have currently and to make to to build up those boundaries and to build up those uh, th- those time management skills to also be you know also not burn out and to to still be very healthy and to 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 live a balanced life so yeah that's what i'm thinking about right now um you know managing your time um in the creative industries but also you know taking the time to dream a little bit while we're still in the day-to-day you see this water bottle here it's so crazy hot in toronto right now i can't believe it um just gonna take a quick little drink here it's wild I don't know what's happening. Um, the studio is <laughs> it's also just generally very warm. It's This is 8 Space, where we're currently at. Sh- shout out uh, 8 Space one time. <laughs> I didn't know what button that was before I hit it. But uh, it's crazy warm in Toronto. Anyway, this next uh, segment of this, of this podcast, I'm talking about what I'm currently thinking about, um, which is a topic, a recurring segment on this podcast um, it, for, for Matt's Monthly. But this time, because we just talked about dreaming and time management is what I've been really thinking about lately, I'm going to be thinking or I'm going to be shouting out a couple couple people that have allowed me to, you know, see a couple great shows recently. Uh, a couple weeks weeks ago, I went to see Ed Sheeran at the uh, Rogers Center, not the Scotiabank Center, everybody, the Rogers Center where the Blue Jays play. Um, over 50,000 people there, um, sold out two, two nights sold out. Um, and just wild. I, I, I had never been to a concert of that magnitude and, uh, so wild, um, two openers, um, and then Ed and, uh, you know, for, for a long time, for probably over 10 years now, Sheeran, um, toured by himself. Um, but this was the first tour that he had uh, musicians on stage with him. Now, visually, it was he, he was still the only one on the middle platform uh, of the of, of of the stage. Basically, like this, if this was the middle platform, um, just like a big circle in the middle of the, of the stadium, it was him uh, in the middle, and then there was a bunch of like sort of like branches, almost like a tr- almost tree like that went in to the ground on other uh, other parts of the of the stadium and at the bottom of these of these of these branches that went from the ground up there was these musicians that were sort of hidden he definitely uh, acknowledged them a, a couple times but they were hidden there was a drummer two guitarists a keyboard player that was also his musical director and a bla- bass player as well 
And uh, it was just great to see uh, such a big production, two-hour uh, production of, of, of Ed Sheeran. And uh, you could see all the people that were, you know, interacting uh, on stage in regards to making the show go on, production people, stagehands, you know, techs. Um, I, I, you know, I, there was a circle in the middle. There was all these, you know, there was the band members that were spread across. But there was also, like, these two big sort of, um, like, uh, you know, two big branches that led to both uh, the front of house and the lighting uh, departments for the for the, for the stage. Anyways, so wild. Um, I just wanted to shout out um, Joey Macias, uh, front of house and uh, tour manager for Elio, who's also uh, in on on one of the um, uh, on one of the openers for that tour. Uh, still is still is on on a tour. And um, you know, just shout out to Joey for the, for those tickets. For that opportunity to see that concert, and also a big shout out to Akeem O for being uh, for co- for coming along for the journey. That's such a great night. So many hits too. At, at one point, he's he's talking about uh, he's talking about oh this next uh, this next segment uh, of the show. Uh, you know, your grandma will will know all these songs. Um, and he, he he played a bunch of acoustic songs um, from his from his uh, from some of some of his earlier records. Another concert that happened just a couple nights ago um, was uh, Noel Gallagher at uh, at Budweiser, um, and you know I, I, I'm not necessarily a huge fan, but my friend Akeem again uh, came down from Ottawa for for the Noel Gallagher concert, and I wasn't you know I'm not a big Oasis fan, not a big Noel fan, um, but it was a really really great night um, of, of of music of celebration. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect. Honestly, I wasn't expecting much. And I came out of there um, with 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 in in awe of 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 the concert, but also the fans. It was so crazy to see um, a, a big English fan base there as well. A lot of a lot of <laughs> a lot of people with with English accents, specifically as well. Uh, Manchester uh, people from Manchester. Um, what blew me away as well <laughs> is is uh, is Noel Gallagher Gallagher on stage has like a, a, a like a like a figurine or like a cardboard cutout of of Pep and and uh, like um uh who who's the, the the head coach of Manchester City um the football club in in Manchester England and i suppose that they're 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 huge fans uh, uh, like Noel is a huge fan of of Manchester City there was like a light uh, there was like a, a big board on stage with just the Ma- the Manchester City logo uh, up there as well. During the whole concert, didn't move. It was just lit up for the entire like an hour and a half concert, uh, and that just blew my mind. I didn't know that was such a big thing, but so many people had you know Manchester City uh, you know jerseys on and all, and all these things. Anyway, it's a great night. Just wanted to shout out um, you know that that concert, but also um, Sarah Ibrahim who was on the podcast a couple months ago. Go check that podcast episode out with Sarah. Uh, she spoke about her experience at Bud at Bud Stage, Budweiser Stage in Toronto here. And, um, you know, last night got to see Sarah in her element. And uh, she also upgraded our seats um, to very near, uh, to, 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 to very close to the stage. Um, so really shout out to Sarah there. And uh, it was great, great time. Tonight, I know, <laughs> I know we're, we're, we're recording this episode way ahead of time, but I'm seeing Robert Plant and Allison Krauss, and I can't wait to see them um, at Budweiser stage again. Uh, can't wait to, uh, to, to, to experience that, uh, that, that duo, um, which I, I've been listening to since, I've, since I'm a small child. Um, 
their album Raising Sand has been such a staple in my family's a sort of discography, sort of listening in in in, in the car, um, and um, I can't wait to see that that concert. So I'm sure I'll have some notes on that next time, um, you know, next episode recording. Um, but I just want to, you know, shout out a couple couple of concerts that I've been to lately, and and just the productions of all of these concerts have been have sort of been mind blowing and very inspiring lately. So anyway, just encouraging y'all as well to um, to go check out some concerts that you you you're maybe you're maybe waiting on, um, you know, buying the ticket for until 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 it's closer to the date. But you know, I I, I encourage you to take the step, go uh, see that concert uh, in your hometown or in Toronto or in uh, New York or LA or wherever you're listening to this podcast, go check out, your con- go check out concerts and even just shows festivals in your hometown. Uh, it's so inspiring. And, uh, you know, I always get at least one thing out of every show I go see, uh, highly encourage you to go see some shows in 2023. And it's so hot out and summer's great. Go, go outside. Um, go check out your stuff in your hometown. And we're back. This is the book recommendation segment of Matt's monthly podcast. Um, this is the book. Dilla Time by uh, Dan Charnas. This is a highlight of, of, of my, one of the highlights of my past year. Um, now, why am I recommending this book? Uh, I'm recommending this book to all the dreamers, um, the lovers of music, especially black music. To learn, to read this book is also to learn about, you know, one of the pioneers of modern modern rhythm, um, modern beat making, modern musicians, and one of the biggest influencers of the past, in my mind, 25 years. Um, now, James Yancey, Jay Dilla, has been a lighthouse, a, 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 a beacon of light in, for so many producers over the past, uh, you know, three decades. And... Um, so influential in the 90s, 2000s, even after his death, um, and, and, and today even. We're, so, we're, we're still so influenced by Jay Dilla today, and um, you know even your favorite drummers, favorite musicians, especially in the R&B, neo-soul, soul world, are so inspired, or have been, and are still so inspired by Jay Dilla and his production. Um, now this book sort of acts as like a as a biography um, of of James Yancey, Jay Dilla. It takes you through even the beginning of the book takes you through um, the geography and the history of Detroit before James uh, was born, and, and it talks about you know the uh, sociology and um, you know just the just the history, basically, of Detroit before he's born, as a kid, what influences him as a kid, uh, you know, his parents, the, the 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 relationships in his family, to to basically, you know, his life after after death, even his afterlife, um, the influence that he's had on the music industry. Um, now, I'm gonna read a little bit of uh, of 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 the quest quest love quote in the back. Of course, Questlove that I've even mentioned in this podcast and almost every podcast episode of the uh, Cloud Machine podcast. Questlove says, when I, whenever I've been asked why Dilla was so it was special, I didn't feel like I had the right vocabulary to explain his importance. 
specifically the way he made work that was so perfectly imperfect that it redefined the way I thought about art. Dan Charnas to the rescue. He scaled the mountain of Dilla's complex career and sent back instructions so that others could make the climb. This book is a must for everyone interested in illuminating the idea of inexplainable genius. Genius, rather. If Questlove loves this book and is the first quote on the back, you gotta read it. It's uh, praise for Jay Dilla. It's praise for so many people that have been in a circle. It talks about the minute details of his early career and his late career, the relationship uh, of his parents of, that he had with some of his early, early, early influences, some of the people in his neighborhood as a child as well. Um, you know, some of the, some, even there's some, there's some, uh, there's a lot of even stories about, you know, him hanging out with, uh, some of his earlier bands. Um, and, uh, I just want to read an excerpt of, um, of page one, seven, uh, page 175 and 176 here. Um, this, this chapter, uh, is called partners. Now <laughs> I rarely do this. I don't really do this. And, uh, you know, tell me if, tell me in the comments if you like it, but, um, I wanted to read this 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 part of this chapter because it 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 it, uh, it gives me shivers almost. It says it's an excerpt about the Soul Quarians uh, movement in the late nineties and uh, NJ Dilla's influence here. Page one seventy five, cha- cha- chapter called "Partners of Dilla Time" by Dan Charnas. Questlove, D'Angelo, and Poiser got giddy during James Yancey's visits to Electric Lady Studios and the musicians around them began to understand why. Pino Palladino had received his first lessons on JD when he joined Questlove and D'Angelo's, uh, D'Angelo in reconstructing Slum Village songs during their jam sessions. But in person, Palladino realized JD on keyboard and MPC was a bass player too. He marveled at the unique sense of space in his playing and programming with a, fr- with a phrasing that was almost akin to that of reggae. Paladino, Paladino says, the guy hears the whole band, everything, and then places his notes precisely where they need to be in relationship to everything else. D'Angelo had grown particularly close to James over the past year. Writing music, even for a successful professional, can be difficult and demoralizing, doing it under deadline even more so. D'Angelo had grown particularly close to James over the past year. Writing music, even for a successful professional, can be difficult and demoralizing, doing it under deadline even more so. James often called Pete Rock when he had a beat block and needed inspiration. D'Angelo would call James. Once, distracted by some interpersonal politics in the studio, D dialed Detroit. Man, what do you think about that? D'Angelo asked. Eh, James shrugged. But man, you ought to check out this shit I'm working on. Woo! D'Angelo and James both cracked up. James said, later for that bullshit, this is what's important. D got off the phone, charged anew, and wrote a song called Really Love. Moments like these confirmed for D'Angelo that they were both kindred souls, and that James on the MPC alone was his true musical peer. D had a chance to show him what that meant. James had come, James had come to Electric Lady with Slum Village during their AM days, working on a track for Fantastic Volume 2. Visitors often wanted to hear a preview of D'Angelo's album, and the showpiece track was a rough mix called The Root. James was stunned by what he heard. Questlove's drums, sampled and programmed by D'Angelo on an MPC. The snare rushed, the guitar and bass dragging against the beat. 
every element unmoored from the next, yet driving forward. James was quiet as the song ended. Dee studied his expression, wondering what he was thinking. Could you play that again, James asked. D'Angelo recued the song. James sat again in silence, hearing for the first time his ideas reflected back to him by a group of musicians whose skills on their instruments were cons- uh, com- commensurate with his on the machine. D'Angelo could tell James wanted to hear it a third time, but held himself back from asking. The route stayed on repeat in his mind during James's flight back to Detroit, and he stayed up all night in his basement to recreate the song from memory on his MPC. He returned to New York and played a stunned at D'Angelo the results. D, now hearing his take on JD's ideas, reflected back to him by JD his, himself. When D'Angelo heard the track over the phone, the remake was so faithful that the drummer thought James had, had somehow gotten possession of a cassette dub of D'Angelo's song. Now, this sort of excerpt gives, gives me sort of shivers and gives you sort of an insight on just a brief moment uh, on, um, from, from, this, from this book. I highly recommend it. Go check out Dan Charnas's Dilletime book, available in stores online uh, to order. And we're back. The record of the month on Matt's Monthly is Black Messiah from D'Angelo and the Vanguard. I recently watched a documentary on D'Angelo's return between Voodoo, which uh, his second album, which was released on January 25th, 2000, and Black Messiah, this record, uh, on December 15th, 2014. The documentary... Um, was quite different than what I was expecting. I was expecting sort of like this, um, this sort of like biographical kind of uh, situation where they would talk to us about, um, you know, D'Angelo's childhood and him growing up, maybe his first couple records until uh, D'Angelo and the Vanguard, uh, D'Angelo and the Vanguard's Black Messiah album. Now, what we got, what I what was very different than that. Uh, we got sort of like a t- semi-touring documentary and. Uh, Sort of an update on what D'Angelo has been doing uh, between the Voodoo and uh, Black Messiah record, and it was great. You saw excerpts from, um, you know, a little some moments from 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 the upcoming Black Messiah album uh, tour. Uh, you you saw Chris Dave, you saw Pino Paolino, you saw Isaiah Sharkey just talking about um, some things in in the record in the in the rehearsal studio. You saw D'Angelo uh, talking about um, what his life had been uh, for the past, like, 15 years of his life. Um, you saw a bunch of stuff. You saw uh, a bunch of um, songs from, from, the, from the upcoming tour. Obviously, that tour is past now. It was a tour in, uh, it, following this record uh, in 2015. Um, but I would highly recommend going to check that out. The documentary also made me think about the impact that this artist has had on my life, in my late teens specifically. Um, to be honest with you, um, I didn't really know D'Angelo, like, you know, growing up, it wasn't necessarily something that we listened to at home. Um, D'Angelo was also my gateway to, um, you know, Chris Dave, um, which in turn was my gateway into like modern R&B and Jillis, <laughs> Jay Dilla style drumming. Um, then of course that drumming also led me to a lot more neo soul influenced stuff. Discovering more about Questlove. Questlove has always been necessarily a big influence in my life, but after I discovered D'Angelo, he became more of an influence and more of a of a, of a lighthouse, like I was saying um, earlier. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so 
So this album also gave me a, gave me insight into the whole Silquarians movement, uh, which has been such a such a pillar in my education of music over the last three years, and such a such an influence on my on my career development as well. Now a little bit of history for you. Um, in 2000, um, D'Angelo was coming off of his acclaimed record Voodoo and the sub- sub- subsequent world tour that followed. Uh, after having struggles with his new uh, identity that fans had given him as a, a sex symbol, um, he was really struggling with that, and fans weren't necessarily uh, talking about the music that he had been doing, and especially Voodoo, such a great album, probably one of my top ten records of all time. Fans had stopped caring about the music, and they were caring more about how he appeared, this new sex symbol, D'Angelo, in the music industry and in popular culture. Um, after his tour in, 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 in the 2000s, he sort of disappeared for almost you know, 14 years until this album really came out. Um, now, when was this recorded? Um, there, weren't, there aren't really exact dates uh, that are publicly known about when, when this was, was produced, um, but there were some leaks of the song I Really Love in 2007 and A Thousand Deaths in 2011 as well. There's some press releases stating that Pino and James, James Gadson were in the studio uh, in, in 2011, uh, and Questlove also jo- joined uh, during that year. So there's a couple, there's a couple people that have talked about that during that time. So we could say, you know, some of it was, was, was recorded uh, before 2007. Some of it was recorded, especially in 2011, with Pino and James and Questlove joining back uh, with D'Angelo in that same year to work on some tracks. It was recorded at uh, MSR... Uh, Sear Sound, Avatar, and Quad Recording Studios in New York City. Um, it was also recorded at The Plant and Henson Recording Studios in Los Angeles. Um, and lastly, at Hydra SF Studio, which is an is a, is in an indisclosed location. We don't know where that studio is at publicly, anyway. Um, man, this 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 album art as well is so great. Um, it features very dark. Uh, images, um, some 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 big fonts, um, serifed fonts. Um, it's a double album. Uh, when when we talk about you know the uh, the vinyl, of course, um, the, the line the, the, the liner notes are so great as well, so clean with the lyrics coming first and the li- liner notes uh, coming in behind here. Um, you know we have the songwriting credits here, uh, and we also have the um, recording credits and um, and thank yous in the back here. Um, some of the notable players that we can we can find here, D'Angelo, uh, James Gadsden, Pino Palladino, Roy Hargrove, rest in peace, um, trumpet, great, amazing trumpet player, one of the best probably of the last three decades at least. Um, there's, there's Questlove on this record, uh, Chris Dave, Isaiah Sharkey, Spanky Alford as well. Uh, rest in peace, Spanky. Um, there's so much cultural significance to this record. It has influenced me so much over the past couple of years. Um, when we think about cultural significance of, 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 of this record, it goes beyond the record. Every single individual on this record has had an impact on their individual instrument, um, to say the least. Um, some of these, 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 uh, these, these musicians... And I think about Pino Palladino, Chris Dave, Questlove, Isaiah Sharkey, especially, have had such an influence on modern day musicianship, musicians, and history of the last 
like three decades at the very least, um, had the opportunity to met to, to meet Chris Dave, Pino Palladino, and, and Isaiah Sharkey at the Blue Note a couple months ago. Um, please check that episode out of the podcast, the first Mats Monthly, if, if you have the chance. Um, there's one last note here that I have in my notes is to read uh, a line, a couple lines in the in the liner notes of this album. Uh, again, D'Angelo and the Vanguard's Black Messiah record. It says, No digital plugins of any kind were used in this recording. All of the recording, processing, effects, and mixing was done in the analog domain using tape and mostly vintage equipment. For the best results, listen at maximum volume. I just thought it was a highlight for me in the liner notes, even just reading this uh, this morning. Um, I thought it was just a highlight for me. Again, most of this record was recorded analog um, and via tape. And uh, shout out Ben Kane, who assisted um, the recording of, of this project as well, who I met as well at Blue Note a couple months ago. Also a highlight for me that comes from this record indirectly is the North Sea Jazz Festival performance of D'Angelo and the Vanguard that you could see on YouTube now. The link will be below. Um, it, you know, it highlights uh, so many musicians, especially D'Angelo, his vocals, his stage presence, the musicians on stage, including Chris, uh, Dave, Pino Paladino, Isaiah Sharkey, and so many more. Um, you got to check that out. And that's sort of how we conclude Matt's Monthly. Uh, this third this third edition of Matt's Monthly, uh, thank you very much for, for sticking around, everybody. I'd like to thank you, yes, um, you for listening, uh, continuously listening to the Cloud Machine Podcast. This is episode 27 already. We're, we are past the half-year mark, uh, which, is, which is wild, which is so wild. Please continue to interact with us. I see you on the map. Uh, listening in Asia, listening in South America, listening in Europe. Uh, you are definitely valued. Please uh, continue to interact with us. Uh, check us out at Eights Creative online. Um, please comment. Please, uh, you know, review the podcast on Apple uh, Podcast when you can. Um, we love you. Thank you for sticking around. Uh, my name is Matt Landry. Thank you for, for being there. <laughs> 27th episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast. I can't really get over it. Um, But as always, uh, stay safe, and we will see you next week. Mm -hmm.